But we're going we're gonna to preach because we believe God can speak to us even in school holidays. So if you've got your Bible or you're taking notes, the main passage of Bible we're going to be looking at today is in the book of Matthew. And we're going to look at chapter 16 and from verses 13 to 20. So Matthew 16, chapter 16, verses 13 to 20. So we'll get to that shortly. But before we start, hear the revolution. So that we're going to see something come up on the screen from Pete called Hear the Revolution. And so we know that... Um, that is coming soon. Hear the Revolution Youth Alive Conference 2019. And so on there it will say revolution, meaning a sudden, complete or marked change in something. Can you hear it? And so we've got some cool guest speakers, Chad Veach. Who's heard of Chad Veach? One of the best preachers in the world. Isaiah Simmons, he's a great young preacher from Gold Coast. And if it keeps scrolling, how good was Renee Bennett's preaching last year? Who was there? I thought she was brilliant. Sam Longman. He is one of my favorite preachers. He, I honestly believe he's one of the best preachers in the world at the moment, personally. And we've had him come to our church for a few times. So that is just going to be delicious in every way, godly possible. And so I believe that God can speak to us in that environment. And so for those that are coming, it's going to be powerful. And so uh, the main reason we attend youth, camps, conferences, and events is to encounter God, right? That's why we go. We go there to encounter God, to meet Jesus and get full of the Holy Ghost. We've got to get full of the Holy Ghost, and that's why we, and the, we go to these sorts of things. And so today's message simply is I just want to talk about preparation and positioning for an encounter. So I'm going to say that again. We're going to be looking at the preparation and positioning for an encounter. So what do you do to have an encounter from God? What do you do to get food off the Holy Spirit? What, what things do you look at so you go, Jesus, I need to meet you today? So that's what we're going to be looking at today. How can we position ourselves and prepare for an encounter? And so if you're not going to Youth Alive and you're not going to hear the revolution, these things can apply both, every, like can apply to every time you attend church, every time we come to youth, these things apply. We don't just want to encounter God at a conference. Yeah, that's, yes, we do. But we want to encounter God at church every Sunday. We want to encounter God every time we come to youth on a Sunday night. Every time we come together, we want to encounter God. So yes, it's for camp, yes, it's for conference, but yes, it's for every, every time we come together. So we're going to start the message off. This is kind of not really the message, but hopefully it's really practical tips to help you succeed and have the best conference experience. So I've got here five practical tips for youth camp and conferences. And so there's no particular order really in which one's the best and which one's the worst, but we've got here to first of all, be discipled. Can someone, oh no, not be discipled. Can we reverse that? Like on the old... Um, VHS, be disciplined is what I wanted to say. Be disciplined. So number one, sleep. Sleep well. That's the first thing to be disciplined. We've got to sleep and sleep well. Don't stay up all night talking, mucking around. Now, because you, you don't want to be missing the fun because you became a zombie. Who knows what I'm talking about? When you get no sleep, next day you're just like, Ugh, like the cough, coffee zombie. If, if we stay up all night, speak, like, it's good to have fun at night with the people that you're with. But if you stay up all night, the next day you're dead, you've missed the point, right? We've come to youth for an encounter. We've come to the conference for an encounter. If, if we then, um, so we've got to remember, we're there to meet Jesus. So talking with your friends all night, then sleeping all day at conference is not what we want. We don't want to be sleeping during the conference. We want to be awake and alert to get the encounter, Yeah. One, done. Number two, 
So be prepared. These next four points about being prepared. You know the go off of um, is it that? You know, like be prepared, prepared. What is it? What's that movie? Hoodwink. That's it. Be prepared. So Psalms 103 says this: Let all that I am praise the Lord. I'm going to say that again. Let all that I am praise the Lord. That is called best praise. We want to give our best praise to God. So when we do Planet Boom and they dance, yeah, I can't dance, but I give my best praise because all that I am is going to praise the Lord. When they say shout, I'm going to shout because I'm going to give my best praise. Pride doesn't belong in my worship. Timidity doesn't um, belong in my worship. People might go, oh, why are they dancing? Well, I don't care if I don't care if I get embarrassed because I'm giving God my best praise. So that all that I am praise the Lord. So point two, a dry shower. Boom. This is what I call a dry shower, right? So, dry shower, right? So, now I'm not saying bring this to the conference, but I'm saying if you're, um, your best friend during a camping conference should be a dry shower, antiperspirant or deodorant, that should be your best friend. So, and point three, we'll explain it a bit more. Point three, bring a peg or gas mask reason why bringing a peg or gas mask work if you're deep in the praise pit right if you're deep in the praise pit the best praise is a powerful moment supernaturally right who would agree like it's awesome but mixed with ungodly smells so the fusion of fart sweat stuffy breath is a toxic aroma right so if you're in that sweating stinky praise pit yeah, it's powerful with God, but there's a stink. So I encourage you to bring a peg, plug it on your nose, and you're going to give the best praise ever. And then when you're not in the pit, use that before and after because it helps everybody else out. Number four, this is a very important one. Bring a Bible. Some say Bible. Bring a Bible. Why? Why do we bring a Bible? First of all, this doesn't go flat. It can't go flat. Your iPhone can go flat. Your iPod can go flat. Your Bible doesn't go flat. Second one, um, the only notifications that pop up on your Bible are revelations. There's no text. There's no Snapchat notification. The only notifications that pop up in this book are revelations. So that's point four, bring a Bible. Point five, last point, bring a notepad or notebook and pen. Now, if you went to school and you didn't pass your pen license, bring a pencil. Proverbs 20 verse 5 says this, Though good advice lies deep within the heart, a person with understanding will draw it out. And I believe when there's, the word is preached at youth conference or at church or at youth, there is wisdom being put out. But are we a person that goes, yeah, that was good advice, but do we draw it out? Do you have notes ready to draw it out? Wow, that can change my life. Wow, because you could be just hearing speak. You go, no, no, I'm drawing out wisdom from heaven right now. I'm putting that down into, into my life. So there you go. Five tips to have the best conference camp. Get your dry shower and don't, don't poison everyone around you. So now we're ready for, you, we're ready for the message, yeah? So if you're taking note, notes, the title is Encounters. Encounters. Encounters with God, that's what we want to talk about. So our first verse we want to look at is in James chapter 4, verse 8, and it says this. But, yep, come close to God and God will come close to you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. I'm going to pray and we're going to believe for God to move in this moment. Holy Spirit, 
We thank you that you meet us where we're at. We, just, we believe what James says there, that when we come close to you, God, you will come close to us. And so we just pray, God, that we can live lives where we see encounters regularly. That when we come to church, when we come to youth, when we go to camps and conferences, we want to position, our, position ourselves close to you, God, because we want you to be close to us. And everyone said, amen. And so if we intentionally, deliberately, and purposely seek God, he will meet us. The reason why we go on camps, conferences, and, go, and come to church and come to youth is because we want God to become closer to us. And that's what we're here for. And so then, continuing, Luke 5.16 says this, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Jesus understood margin. He positioned himself in a place to come close to God, to see God get realigned to his purpose and mission. It's so easy for us in life to get worried about all the rubbish and distractions, busyness and confusion. Who knows what I'm talking about? There's so many things in our life where we go, I'm worried about this. I'm frustrated about that. This is happening again. But we've got to position ourselves like Jesus. He goes, you know what? No, these frustrations don't control my life. These worries don't control my life. I actually have a purpose. I have a mission. And when we come to church, when we come to youth, we, we, we're going to a wilderness as such. We're going, God, we're coming to draw close to you because we want to realign ourselves to our purpose and not neglect the things that you want us to do. We can easily go through school and then go, man, God, we wasted our opportunities to witness. Man, we, we, we wasted the opportunity to see a move of God in my school. But when we go to a conference, we get inspired to go, no, God, I've met God. I'm going to see the, the change in my school. So let's, who gets me? And so... When, you, when we have these times of withdrawing in the wilderness for prayer, we're seeking God first. We're saying, God, you're first. God, you're the priority. God, you're the reason. God, you're the focus. And in John 14, 6, it says, you, God, you are the way, the truth, and the life. When we, we go to seek God, we're saying, God, you are my way. You are my truth, and you are my life. Is that good? Exodus 33, 11, this is so, this is so good. Inside the tent of meeting, which was kind of back then like coming to church, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Who believes God can speak to you face to face as you would a friend? I believe you are God's friend and God wants to speak to you like you would to your friend. Leanna and Claire, friends, they speak to each other. Me and Cameron, friends, we speak to each other. We're all friends and we speak to each other. And God wants to speak to you like you would to your friend. Afterward... Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. So Joshua remains behind. He lingered. Can someone say lingered? Lingered. When was the last time the worship stopped and you lingered? When was the last time worship at church came to an end and you were like, man, can't we just do another song? Can't we just keep going? Because there's something about the presence of God. There's something about an encounter where we go, God, I want to stay in this place. God, I'm, I'm receiving your love. God, I'm receiving your forgiveness. God, I'm actually getting direction for my life. And we've got to be in a place where we go, God, we want encounters. And I love the heart of Joshua there. He goes, you know what? Moses has had God speak to him and left. 
I'm just going to linger in this presence. If God could speak to Moses, God can speak to me. I'm going to linger here. I'm going to stay here for a bit longer. And, and you might go, oh, God, why did you speak to Pastor Rob? And he has awesome messages. Or why do you speak to Pastor Josh? But you know what, young person, you've got to have the heart of Josh. It says here that the, the young man who assisted Moses would linger a bit. And if God can speak to me, he can speak to you. If God can speak to Pastor Rob, he can speak to you. So I encourage you, when you come to church, when you come to youth, when you go to camps, learn to linger. Learn to go, God, I, I sense your presence. God, I just want to stay in this place. Good? Amen. All right, now the fun part. Who believes we can have fun at youth? Does anyone here think that they know their Bible? Who know, who, who's confident with Bible knowledge? All right, we get Amy up and come. Anyone else? Anyone else with Bible knowledge? Don't make me pick yous. All right, we're going to go Sean. Yep, come on this side. Toyin, Toyin, you're on Sean's team. And we'll get Chloe for Amy's team. We go, go over there, guys. So we're going to... Pause this preaching for a quick game show. So who knows that I do Bible college? Now you know. So I do Bible college. And so I, here's for something for you, for you to think about seriously. When you finish school and you want to do a gap year, consider doing Bible college at Fun Heart Church. It will change your life. Amy's done, hey, you've done Bible college. So why don't you do it? Be like Amy, be like me, do Bible college, it will change your life. We need like the subtitle. It's so awesome, blah, blah, blah. So... I'm currently doing my diploma through One Heart Church, Bible College, whatever. And Pastor Kylie, Amy Maloda's mum and Nikita Maloda's mum, she runs it and she's been doing these cool games at youth, right? And at youth, at Bible College. So we see here we've got five columns. We've got Ten Commandments, Spiritual Warfare, Psalms, New Testament, Acts. So what that is is there's biblical things in this 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 game. And so 100 means it's an easy question. So if you get the question right, 100 points. 500 means it's a tough, tricky one. Good luck getting the points. And so what would have is we'd have two teams that would try to, um, my team would always try to win. We've only won once, but we're trying. We're trying. And so we would go through, through these things and try and get points. So we're going to play it right now. So Toyin and Sean, what, what do you what do you want? Do you want supernatural warfare, Psalms, New Testament, Acts? What question do you want and what points do you want? So you want Psalms 100. All right. So what is the first verse of the 23rd Psalm? I know this one. Do we have a steal? It's like, the, yes, I do. All right, I'll guess it for you. No, you don't cheat. You can't cheat. It's got into our head. You are cheating. All right, Amy's got it. No. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Have we got the points? Boom. Ding, 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 ding. All right. Team two gets the points, Pete. Yeah, and now go escape. Now we'll get used to pick a question. What do you want? Acts, New Testament, Spiritual Warfare, Ten Commandments. All right, Ten Commandments. What do you want? 100 for the Ten Commandments. Who gave Moses the Ten Commandments? Is it Amy? God. God. Boom, there it is. All right, let's give him a clap. Take a seat, take a seat, take a seat. Yep, take a seat. So team one wins. Go team one. So at Bible college, we'd go through the whole test thing. And so like me and my partner, we'd always go, we'd start with the 300s. We'd be like, it, it's good to try and get a bit of a head start, but if you just go for the 500 straight away, if the other team's getting all the easy ones, they start winning really quickly. 
But so when we play this, I don't know if you've had these moments at school or with a sporting coach or something when the teacher might ask a question and they go, Alana, what's the answer? And then you're just like, um, and you're like, is this a trick question? Like, I'm sure I learned this. Or, um, or, or, but then what happens is, so when we ask, we, we freeze like, I don't know this. But then we're like, Emily, what's the question? And we're like, easy. We, I know, that's easy as an Emily's like, um... Uh, who's the Prime Minister of Australia? Uh, that, we know it's Scott Morrison, but I was going to say Donald Trump. Like, you know, when you're asked, we're like, oh, I, I, I don't know. But then it's like, as soon as, as soon as someone else is asked, we know the question straight away. Who, does anyone know what I'm talking about? Anyone have this? Like, footy, often for me, the coach will be like, what, how was that drill? And we're, we're, I'm thinking, did we do good? Did, like, is he, is he tell, wanting to tell us off and say we weren't talking? Because like, they often talk about you need a lot of voice. And I'm thinking, I don't know, please don't ask me, please don't ask me. And then some, he might point at someone else and I'm like, oh, I know what we're doing. We weren't, we weren't using our voice. But who, who, anyone, just me, had these, these moments at school and at footy or whatever? So not the best analogy, but we see this as a story in the Bible. We come to a situation where Jesus is asking a question and the disciples are kind of like, uh... Can you ask someone else? Can we ask? And so we're going to read that. So we, we talked about it at the start. That was in uh, Matthew uh, 16 verses, was it 13? Yep, 13 to about 20. So are we ready? We're going to read it. Peter's declaration about Jesus. So when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? So that's the question. Who do people say the Son of Man is, Ethan? And so the Son of Man is, a, is a, a way that Jesus referred to himself. So if that makes sense. So every time Jesus says, who is the Son of Man, he's referring to who, who do people say that I am, right? Continue on. Well, they replied, some say, can somebody say some say? Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. And others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, I got this. Easy, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because you are my father in heaven. Uh, because my, not you are my father in heaven, that's so bad. Because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he earnestly warned them, uh, warned the disciples, sorry, not to tell anyone about uh, anyone that he was a Messiah. Just quickly there, it says that, that he was blessed, Peter was blessed, and that he had the keys to loose things on heaven and on earth, which means he had the keys to go, Heaven, we sing that song, this is heaven on earth. You know, wherever you are, there's freedom and all that. And when we heard about Matt Garner a few weeks ago about heaven's come down, there's breakthrough. It says that you are, because Peter, you know who I am. You have the ability to see heaven on earth. You have the ability to see God do a mighty work in your life. So that's what, that, that's what Jesus was saying to Peter. Because you know who I am, because you know who, who I am, you can see those things. But what I, want to, what I really want to focus in on that is that 
uh, the, the, the thing is it says that Peter, man did not reveal this to you, Peter. You got this from God in heaven. You actually rev- got this revelation th- through God. And so, but the first thing we're going to look at is it says, um, the first question was, who, who is Jesus? Who is the Son of Man? And it was, we saw the some say, we repeated that some say. And in society, who do people say Jesus is? Jesus is? Oh, he's just a fairy tale. Who knows what I'm talking about? People think Jesus is just a fairy tale. Oh, it's just all made up. Oh, he's just dead. He's boring. Oh, he was a historical figure, a good person who lived. Um, oh, he, he's someone that has rules and regulations. He's restrictive. That's what some people say. But we've got we to gotta ask. And so, um, and, so we, and so back to what Peter was. We weren't told when, but at some point, Peter had an encounter with God in which the Holy Spirit revealed who Jesus was to him truly. We don't, we didn't, we doesn't say in the Bible, and then Peter was under the tree, and God says, Peter, Jesus is the Messiah. Like We, do, we don't see the encounter, but we know some point in, in Peter's life, a moment happened, he hadn't had an encounter with God, where he goes, Jesus isn't just a cool dude. Jesus isn't just my teacher. He's my Lord and Savior. And we've got to get to a point in our life where we go, Jesus you, we get the revelation. We've had the encounter. You aren't just some person that existed that shifted time from BC to AD and all that. No, no, no. You were the Messiah. You are my God. You are my Lord. And so who do you say Jesus is? He's my God. He's my reason for life. He's my freedom. He's my healer. Jesus may be your parents' savior. Jesus may be your best friend's savior. Jesus may be important to the person next to you. But who's Jesus to you? Because you can't live off secondhand faith. Jesus may be Cameron's saviour. That doesn't help me. Jesus may be um, the reason why Liana wakes up in the morning. That doesn't help me. That doesn't help you. You've got to get a revelation like Peter had and go, Jesus, you are my Messiah. You are my Lord. You are my reason for life. We've got to get that encounter. We've got to get that revelation. And so, more importantly, how do you see Jesus? How do you view God? We're not here for religion. We're here for relationship. We don't just come to youth to hear messages. We come to, to have an encounter. That's what the revelation is all about. We go, God, we want an encounter with you. We don't just want to come here to tick a box say we've been to church. We want to meet with you. We want to get a revelation of who you are for our life. Ephesians 3.20. Can everyone say that? Ephesians 3.20. That, that is a Bible verse I want you to memorize and get a part of your life. Because this is how we have to view God. We've got to get a revelation of this because this helps us see Jesus. So now, all glory to God who is able. God is able through his mighty power at work with us. Can everyone say us? Say me, me, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And so God is able, but he uses us. That is so awesome to me. God is able, but he uses us. And then other translations talk about immeasurably more, far more, exceedingly, abundantly, super, super abundantly more. God is able to do far more than we even imagine. And so, with, and it says with us, God uses us. He does more with us than what we could think or imagine. So when we know God like Peter knew God, and, and, he, and it says like... Um, we believe that heaven can come on earth in our lives. We may, we may believe this. Well, we, we have the faith to see one friend saved. You might go, God, I have faith to see my best friend come to know Jesus. But God says, I see your class getting saved. So 
Chloe might go, God, I just believe I can see one friend that doesn't know Jesus know you. But God's like, I'm super abundantly, exceedingly, all of these things. I can see you, Chloe, seeing your whole class saved. Then we might go, well, God, I have faith to see my class come to Jesus. I, I have faith to see my class meet him. But God goes, no, no, I, I, I supersede your understanding. I see your whole school getting saved. And so whatever things we have the faith for, God goes, that's just the beginning. I, I'm, I, I have better plans, better things through my power within your life. And so it's not just like, oh, we've got it all together. It's when we get to a position where we go, God, we receive your power to move in our life so we can see the super abundantly, whatever the translation we want to read within our life. Is that good? And that's why Acts 1.8 says, we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us to be a witness in our world. And so I believe that we can have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I believe that we can have a revelation like Peter had where he went, God, you are the Messiah. And you know what? Because he had the encounter. And so you need an encounter with God to be put in a position where you go, God, I, when I know you, I know who I am and I know how to change this world. So when you know who God is, you then can know what God wants to do in your life. And so the question we've got to ask tonight is how do you see God? And you know what? You need an encounter. Joshua lingered in the tent of meeting because he goes, if God, if you spoke to Moses, I want you to speak to me. So to finish off, I'm going to pray. Then we're going to quickly sing a song again and go, God, we're going to have, we're going for an encounter. I encourage you to go, God, I want to linger in your presence. If, if God, if you've given Pastor Josh a vision for one youth, I want to have a vision for one youth. If you've given Pastor Rob a vision for One Heart Church, I want vision for One Heart Church. I want a vision to see God use my life. I want to live the Ecclesiastes 320 life and see the super abundantly, exceedingly above anything I could ask or think. So whatever prayer you have, God can do better, but we've got to say, God, we, we, we have a revelation of who you are for our life. So we're gonna, I'm going to pray, then we're going to sing, and we're going to um, believe. And so coming into conference, for those that go, hopefully that helps you go, you know what, have the, have the heart where you go, God, I'm coming to conference to draw close to you. It says in James, God, if we come close to you, you come close to us. And so we want to know you, Jesus, because we want to see you move in our life. Does that, does, that, does that make sense? So Jesus, right now, we thank you that you can encounter us. Holy Spirit, we, we don't just want to hear about you. We want to experience you. We want you to speak to us. We want to be people that linger. We want to be a young generation like Joshua where when our leaders have you speak to them, we're just going to linger longer and go, God, speak to us. Give us vision. Give us direction. And just as we read about Peter where it says, when Jesus, you say to him, you are blessed because you got that revelation from heaven. Jesus, we want revelations of heaven of who you are to us. Be our healer. Be our savior. Be our redeemer. Be our freedom. Be all the things that we need you to be in our life. We don't want to live off who you are to the person next to us. We want to live off who you are to us. Amen. All right, let's stand and let's worship.